0: All right, here we go. The podcast with
1: Pastor Cass.
0: Necessary conversations. What up, though? Justin Watson. What's
1: going on, my man? It's been a bit. How it, we been? Man, it's been more than a bit. It's a been bit. by far our longest uh, uh, vacation break, break, whatever you want to call it, man. i for the calls. <laughs> yeah, I've been good, man. I... I uh, you know, keeping my head above water. Yeah, okay. You know, that's that's the name of the gang. But no, that's I've been it. good. What that's about it. you, man?
0: Hey, man, just the same. Been, you know, busy as you know, doing doing everything. Coming off of our uh, 24th uh, Life Conference, you indeed,
1: know. Indeed, indeed. So the in 24 years, it was a great time.
0: 24, the first virtual Life Conference. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I got a confession to make that I certainly did not see us still socially distancing and not doing our... Uh, opening hand
1: clap still i know it's december and we talked about this a long time ago many many episode ago you're right and
0: i there was a point where i felt we would be back here again but i just didn't think we would ever get here and be like knee deep in this so that's my confession if you go listen to that episode or two i might even say it, something that leans towards this. so yeah you were a little skeptical i was <laughs> wrong <laughs> 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 well that's the first and only time i'll ever be wrong oh really no i just thought i'd say that <laughs> <laughs> speaking of being wrong um i want to talk about that today with uh one of your uh, say sayings, mm-hmm. phrases, common catch things you go on, you'll say, it. and that's going to kind of be how we drive this conversation, mm-hmm. uh, folks. Uh, it's I ain't hating, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's
1: it, one of those things I didn't notice I said it as much as I do until I started listening to this podcast, and I said, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's got to have your phrase, that. you know. We go, we might, we might
0: brand that, you know. <laughs> but at the very least we're going to make an episode and a good combo out of it I promise um, so I, I want to talk about that like how a common t- common will look at something and see it and be like I want to you know somebody's doing their thing and you don't want to hate but you just can't let them walk by and like, like I'm not hating I'm just saying your hair is blue <laughs> that's from a commercial that's why I picked that <laughs> mm-hmm. but like things like style Fashion, which we've had conversations on how it's very uh subjective and different, Indeed. you know. But like for instance, I was at work at the airport and saw somebody with some gold shoes on and mm-hmm. I'm like I, I remember Michael Johnson had the gold cleats on, he was killing. But the way this dude wrote it out, it was like uh, mm-hmm. uh like what like then you get into like a real great debate about like sports. Mm-hmm. I'm not hating. I'm just saying there are some guys I can't stand.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to say they're not a good athlete and professional at what they do. We've seen great debatable topics like the Bad Boy Pistons, Yeah, who we love. And if you come on this podcast, say anything bad about, we will bad boy you. Um, <laughs> Kobe Bryant, who we've had a whole good conversation yeah, to about. He's a very... Uh, love or hate type of guy, yeah. Polarizing player, polarizing figure, exactly. Mm-hmm. The modern figures would be somebody like a uh, James Harden or mm-hmm. Kevin Durant.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, did y'all catch that? Uh, uh, man, see. I'm I'm a little nervous if I get the sense you're putting James Harden in even close to the same kind of category as Kobe Bryant. We're gonna have to have it out over that. Y'all
0: see that, right? See what I mean? Like the like the <laughs> feelings that James Harden can evoke off of people, yet. Again, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. like, you see a lot of times, speaking just on that, watching him play basketball. I don't think anybody who really understands basketball would say he's not a good basketball player. Like, he shouldn't be in the NBA. However, (laughs) how do you feel about James Harden's basketball game?
1: I, um, not to use too strong a language, but I am by no means a fan. Mm. Of James Harden. Yeah. I don't like watching him no? play basketball, not in the least bit. Why is that? Um, well, so I think it 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 I'm trying to I'm I'm, I'm trying to put it in a podcasty way and not just uh <laughs> the fellas at the barbershop f- yelling at exactly each other yelling way. at each other way. Um I I cannot stand his approach uh-huh. to the game of basketball and the way in my estimation he treats the game. Okay. of Of basketball I, I view James Harden of course as a as a talented athlete mm-hmm. but his approach to the game gives me the impression that he's not trying to play the game of basketball he's trying to play the rules of basketball mm. where he's his, his his main goal is to see is to take advantage of the rules as opposed to try and play the game the best way it could be played. And the game of basketball is very different from the rules of basketball, mm-hmm. right? It's it's the difference between, you know, creating a good shot and seeing how close to a travel I can come without being called for travel. Mm-hmm. It's going to the hoop. The game is going to the hoop, driving to the basket mm-hmm. to, to make a layup. Playing the rules is going to the basket to draw a foul. Mm. Right. And, and and harden his obsession with trying to take advantage of the rules as opposed to playing the game in such a fashion, mm-hmm. you know, that would lead to winning. And the rules are secondary. It, it literally disgusts me. Mm. It disgusts me. OK, so does that make sense when I say playing to the rules as opposed to the game?
0: So for me, who's a big time basketball fan? Absolutely. I hear exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you gave a couple examples with the travel that he's kind of known for mm-hmm. and especially him drawing files. Uh, so I think those are the two best examples of that with this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the person who doesn't watch him as much or maybe not even know who James Harden is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he I would say just the counter to that, um, and I'll get to whether I'm a fan of his or not, is is that not just good strategy?
1: So, it can be called as such. And I think this is what why this matters in, in any kind of discussion about judgment, right? Because yep. some people would say, objectively, James Harden is the best scorer in the game, right? Because he's led mm-hmm. the league in scoring however many right. years. So, I love basketball. I love watching it. I love seeing the... You know, somebody score the ball. I'm not like uh-huh. a defensive junkie. I love good <laughs> offense. Well, you, I don't mind volume shooters and volume scores. You better not. You said you like Kobe. Kobe Bryant is my guy. That's, you know, <laughs> like if you, so, so I don't, I don't dislike. You're not hating scores. I'm, I'm not hating on James Harden. But here's the thing to understand, and and one of the reasons why I don't. Well, one of the reasons why I know everybody doesn't see Harden the way that I do. Mm -hmm. is because we have, we all, part of what makes up our judgments in the world, that's why you could see the gold shoes the person was wearing. Mm -hmm. And you can't help but judge whether or not those look good to you or not. Right. And you might think those are awful. Why would anybody want to come out of the house in gold shoes? And the person standing right next to you seeing the exact same gold shoes would say, those are great. Where did you get those? I mean. You got two basketball fans sitting there. And one like myself not wanting to watch James Harden. I would w- rather watch just about any other player. Mm-hmm. And somebody else go, that's the best scorer in the game. Right. Turn them on. One of the things that we have to understand about how you can have so many varied judgments happening and how our judgments are always kind of almost subconsciously being created. Yeah. Because I didn't wake up one day and say, ah, let me think if I want to like or dislike James Harden it just was (laughs) it just is yeah like I don't remember making a conscious decision
0: date and time you decided I didn't not a fan exactly
1: so one of the things subconsciously our judgments are created by what we have been taught Mm -hmm. to value right and well whether what we have been taught to value and what things just innately in our in our personalities, sure we value. It's a combination of the two, right. right? So, like
0: gold shoes isn't for the conservative dresser,
1: exactly for for the not even dresser for the conservative personality, mm-hmm. right? So, on on an even deeper level than considering clothes, yeah, because that's what I say. You you because you can look at those gold shoes and be turned off before you even think about it in the f- context of fashion, right? Because a lot of times people are turned off by gold shoes, not by how they look. But right. by what they say about the person who chooses mm-hmm. gold shoes, right? It's not because I think they look good or bad. It's because what type of person chooses to draw that much attention to themselves, mm-hmm. right? So that could be a conservative disposition that builds a judgment before you even have to decide whether you want to judge or not. Right. Absolutely. But it can also be about what you were taught to value. Mm hmm. As so you bring up the bad boys, the bad boys Pistons. Yep. So the bad boys are who introduced me to basketball, absolutely, and who raised me on basketball, and who taught me what to value. Oh yeah. In basketball, right? So they were a team, not stars. They were not divas. They were the person committing the fouls, not the one. Except Bill Ambier. There's exceptions, right? But they were the ones most likely committing the fouls. They've taught me to value toughness. Mm -hmm. They taught me to value winning over above numbers because there was nobody that was a numbers-driven person. So I recognize that my value system Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: basketball was established. So when I watch a game, I value things differently than Mm -hmm. somebody that may have been raised in a different era or Mm -hmm. by a very different Mm -hmm. team with different values than mine. So like I, when I sit down and watch a game or see somebody walk by in a particular clothing style, we all create these very judgments and we don't have to decide whether we're not going to judge, whether or not we're going to judge right? because they are innately, our judgments are innately created by things that are, Personal to us in our personality and by what our environment, our past has taught us to value. Mm -hmm. And that's why James Harden, he is the antithesis of the Bad Boys Pistons,
2: Mm.
1: right? Like when you talk about what you value about the game. Right. And so he he is offensive to what I say the game of basketball should be about. That's why I can say yep, James Harden can score. I can appreciate when he does something good, but mm-hmm. I can't I'm not a fan of his because he does not embody what I value about the game. That's why I'm a was a fan of Kobe mm. because he embodied what I as again a child of the 80s growing up on Isaiah Thomas and 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 Michael Jordan, Kobe was a competitor in the way I had been taught to value mm-hmm. a competitor, right? So that's why this. a lot of times you can't convince somebody to appreciate what you appreciate because they have <laughs> it without first teaching them to value what you value. Right, right. So, So one of the things, and, and this is a bit of an aside, but when you're in a debate and you're trying to get somebody to understand why you would choose one thing over another. right a lot of times you have to take a few steps back from say, I can't talk James Harden. Let's take James Harden off the table. Let's talk about what we should value about the game first. Mm -hmm. So to do it, to make an effective case either for or against Harden, you would be better served James Harden. You would be better served by saying, let's not talk about him yet. Let's talk about the game of basketball first. Right. And let me convince you why you should value what I value about the game. Mm-hmm. and if i can get you to be convinced of what i value then i would have a much higher chance of getting you to see well this person is who embodies that or who yeah. doesn't so normally when you get somebody that agrees with your judgments they value what you value yeah as well yeah yeah so that's you you
0: said something i really liked um i'm I liked a lot of that, but something that really grabbed me when you talked about how we're not thinking about it. Like a lot of this is subconscious Yes, because like when I saw the guy with the gold shoes before I could even think about anything else, mm-hmm. I was trying to find an angle that I could like take a picture of when I was <laughs> noticing it so I could send it to some people and have a good laugh. It's that's how quick it happened. Mm-hmm. And what's funny, I wouldn't call myself someone who is a conservative when it comes to shoe fashion like Mm -hmm. I like loud shoes Sure, you know there are a couple like I might not wear them like there are some loud shoes
1: was like man I wish I was younger I could still wear those I see you are conservative you might not want to think you are if there's something you look and say I like that I wish I could then that means you have more of a conservative nature than you may could I just say I'm not brave enough you have more of a conservative <laughs> nature than you want to give yourself credit But for. those those shoes were trash I
0: and mean, that guy <laughs> i mean and they're, like his sense of fashion i wish i could give him like it was just like but it all subconsciously yeah it just disagreed with me
1: see but that that's the one of the reasons is because that's what judgments are for mm. they they have to be for for because judgment and I, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast before like what we have to judge mm-hmm. as as human beings, our minds, our brains, these calculators or these computers, right? Mm-hmm. They're always taking in our environment and making judgments about mm-hmm. it. So we can either maintain mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. or we can maintain homeostasis, right? Mm-hmm. This, 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 this state of, uh-huh. of, of being in our body that of, of, of balance right. in our body, right? We're always trying to maintain homeostasis and they were always trying to protect ourselves mm-hmm. or even put ourselves in a position of advantage mm-hmm. and in order to do that um efficiently
2: mm-hmm.
1: our mind has to make judgments subconsciously before in right. order for them to be timely enough like i have to yes. assess a danger sometimes if 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 it takes me to the point of my conscious mind recognizing the danger yeah. many times it will be too, too late it's too late sure right it's like having to tell yourself blink you don't have to tell yep. yourself to blink. Your yep. brain did that before you had a chance to consciously Absolutely. think it, right? So judgments much much the same way work much the same way. Mm-hmm. And the older we get and the more experiences we've had, yep. the quicker we are to create those subconscious judgments. Mm-hmm. That's why children react to danger very differently than adults do because yeah. they've never seen it before. Right. And a part of our Judging, judging is we are predicting a lot of times. Yeah. We, we make judgments on predictions. So you look dangerous. And so we will, our body will tense Mm -hmm. because we're predicting danger. And the more you've seen, the more information and data you've taken in, the quicker you are to judge and the quicker, the more data you have to make guesses and create scenarios. Right. Um, and, uh, so that's why a lot of judgments come to us before we even decide whether we want to judge yeah. or not.
0: And that's, I mean, that like leads perfectly into where we're ought to be working towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we talk a little bit off record, but I try to hold some stuff back so I can throw a curve or two at you, but I was like sure. literally still in my thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I wanted to define the actual word judging and judgment. Mm-hmm. It is defined as the ability to make considered decisions or come to sensible conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, while we're using definitions and defining words, I would like for you to define for our our listeners homeostasis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's not just assume
1: everyone heard that word and was like, oh, yes, state of
0: homeostasis is.
1: Yes. So I I will define the word homeostasis and I don't want us to. uh, We won't relish on it,
0: but I just I uh, when you when you drop the word of the day or word of the uh, conversation, I love to sit there and relish on it because we can maybe one day someone will drop it in their vocabulary in their next conversation
1: <laughs> yes so in 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 biology uh-huh. so there's a, a few different places the word is used but mm-hmm. I learned it in biology homeostasis is yeah. is like your steady internal physical state so it's like when your body has reached equilibrium yes so all of your the chemicals in your body mm-hmm. all of your organs in your body mm-hmm. everything is functioning at its proper yes. state Right. So your, our body is always working to achieve this balance, right? So you you know, whether it's, you don't want to be too hot, too cold, no, not too hot, not too cold, regulating our blood sugar and insulin levels. And so many of our body's chemical reactions are designed around right. bringing us back to this homeo to this equilibrium. So right. that's the state your body is always seeking. Right.
0: And the judgment part is part of the neurological function to get us there.
1: To get us there, right? right? So it's making a judgment on our our environment mm-hmm. to determine how it will need to react to right. our environment. It's
0: almost like if you walk in a room, you fill the room out like, should I tighten up? Should I loosen? Absolutely. Got, is it potential danger
1: it. in here? Yeah. Is, is it, you even alluded to it, is it cold in here? Mm-hmm. Do I need to shiver? Mm-hmm. Right? Do right. I need to sweat? 'cause I'm trying to get us and keep us yeah, air at home we'll space it, Right. Right. So it's it that's it's 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 a it's a biological term, but it's kind of a catch all to am I at peace? Am I in a good place? Yeah. Am I where I should be? Yeah. As well.
0: Yeah. Right. So that's that's perfect because that goes into again what I want to really get into for, you know, this is a faith based podcast. We can't mm-hmm. beat up James Harden all day. Although we could. I could. <laughs> um, but for our non-sports listeners, I want to give them a little something to take away, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, how to differentiate judging, because we just discussed how important it is to be to judge things. Yes. Um, but to not be judgmental. Because oftentimes Christians, the world calls us, and even other Christians will call us judgmental. Mm-hmm. And um, for sake of uh argument i'm going to make the other side of being as judgmental because we discussed all the different things of being of judging and uh i just want to take this quote from uh, i got from psychology today mm-hmm. uh, carolyn simon she's got a phd so she <laughs> must be smart mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> but uh as far as the detrimental side of being judgmental mm-hmm. crossing that proverbial line uh she says that being judgmental distorts our perception of other people, of ourselves, and what matters most in living a well-lived human life. It feeds on and engenders a lack of sympathetic understanding of others. It is often linked with other related character flaws, hypocrisy, self-righteousness, malice, insensitivity, and the enjoyment of destructive gossip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of those phrases you hear about church people right of course. <laughs> so i really want to try to have us delineate that line of judging and judgmental and how we can protect ourselves without falling into maybe the danger of judge being judgmental if in fact you actually agree that being judgmental is a bad thing i do okay i i didn't want to assume it
1: yeah but, so judging isn't mm-hmm. being judgmental Mm -hmm. is i like i think being judgmental in my in my mind just simply means you're a bad judge normally when people are good have good judgment very seldom are they called judgmental Mm -hmm. even if they judge all the time Mm -hmm. if their judgments are generally rendered as good Mm -hmm. reasonable healthy judgments seldom are people with good judgment referred to as judgmental. Mm-hmm. I think at the, at, at the heart of being referred to as a judgmental person, it is having, it is a combination of two things. And I can get into a little bit more depth as to how these things happen, but being a judgmental person, it, it takes two things. Mm-hmm. It takes volume and inaccuracy. Okay. So you have to have a lot of opinions, a lot of judgments, mm-hmm. and then That's the volume. Mm -hmm. And then they have to generally be bad judgments. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Either one of them, either one of those things by themselves does not make for a judgmental person. So you can be a poor judge, Uh but if you don't do it often or you don't express it often, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: no problem. Or you can have opinions. Mm -hmm. You can judge often, but if generally your judgments are accurate, Mm -hmm. sound and reasonable, then you may be called opinionated, but that's different <laughs> than judgmental, right? Yeah. So normally both of those things have to be present to put somebody in the category of being judgmental is that they have a volume. They're quick mm-hmm. to pronounce
2: mm-hmm.
1: an mm-hmm. opinion or a judgment, but also, and this is what I think is people miss in the discussion around judgmental. Like they, they, they just want to say it happened. They, they the, it's the volume it's the frequency that makes somebody judgmental but no i think it is the accuracy that also qualifies somebody as judgmental mm-hmm. and i think that's when you cross the line in being a judgment into a judgmental person yeah. is when you are quick to offer an opinion or a judgment but then also you're pretty inaccurate okay with your judgment so from the
0: uh biblical and spiritual standpoint mm-hmm. someone outside looking in would say that all of your judgments are inaccurate because mm-hmm. of they're biblically based. Yeah.
1: And if they disagree with their Bible, then you are in fact judgmental. So that's the, this is the thing about it. That's a great, that's a great potentially a great point, but most of the people that, um, that vehemently disagree with people having biblical opinions
2: mm-hmm.
1: are poor judges themselves. Okay. So, so, cause one of the keys to having good judgment is not necessarily agreement. Right. Okay. It is genuinely seeking understanding. Okay. See, and again, I don't want to take the conversation too far off the the rails, but when I say I have good judgment or it's a reasonable judgment, it's not coming down on the side of saying, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Right. Okay. It's, people generally feel like your judgments are true and accurate If you've done a good job of genuinely understanding them. See, this is what makes God's judgments. Perfect Mm. is because his judgment is pronounced. His judgments are pronounced in full knowledge of everything. Mm. That's what separates his judgments from ours is we judge based upon limited knowledge and limited information, which can make our judgments inaccurate Mm -hmm. because I don't know your intent. I don't know your heart. I don't know your history. Matter of fact, I don't know what happened in your day before you ran into me, right?
2: <laughs> right so i right.
1: am we're always judging on very limited information, which right. is even in our best days, makes our judgments hit or miss. Mm-hmm. What makes the judgments of God perfect is not that the conclusion per se mm-hmm. is perfect. Because mm-hmm, good judgment mm-hmm. isn't always coming down to an agreeable conclusion, it's made based upon the proper information and the proper mm-hmm. inputs and what makes God's decisions perfect. And many times why we have to trust his judgments mm-hmm. is because they are made in knowledge of information and insights that we would never be privy to. Mm. So we, we, we say, God, you're righteous and you're good. So if you made a decision, I don't understand you evidently had information I'm not aware of mm, that mm-hmm. would then qualify that decision as good. For instance, right, you catch a kid, you know, stealing out of a out of a a, a store. Sure. Now, we can all agree stealing is wrong, right? Yep. So you get the store owner, collars the kid up, calls the police, throw the book at him. Yep. From what I saw, the kid was putting stuff in his pockets, right? We call a timeout and we find out the little boy's mom, you know, got arrested and taken away. And he's been left at home with his three younger siblings Mm -hmm. with no money and no food. And that's why he came to the store. Now it doesn't make stealing. It's not saying Mm -hmm. I'm going to all of a sudden say stealing is okay. Right. But what I decide to do and how we decide to respond In light of that information is what would make our judgment reasonable. Mm -hmm. It's not saying we would all of a sudden say stealing is okay. It's you can't make a sound judgment without all of the information. Yeah. And normally, so to circle back to even the judgmental piece, normally what I find with people who are judgmental is they are quick to pronounce a judgment, but slow to try to understand. Okay. So one of the things that makes for a judgmental person is And what makes them a poor judge yeah. is they are generally pretty incurious people. Okay. They don't ask questions. Okay. They see and they pronounce judgment. Right. 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 They hear and they declare a thing. They, they say it's right or wrong. It's good or bad. It's too long. It's too short based upon their initial instruction uh-huh. in interaction. That's why they have a high volume of opinions. Mm-hmm. Because they are quick to give it. They don't need a lot of information. They don't ask a lot of questions. So I can give an opinion. That's ugly. That's too much. That's too red. That's too bright. That's too expensive. That's too cheap. And, I, but when people who are measured in their judgment, I don't have a whole lot of them because before I get to one, I have to understand first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I got some questions I got to ask. Uh-huh. I need to, to 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 I need to be open to understanding first, so I can't get to a million opinions yet, because I got to do too much work to form this first one.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And by the time I've done the job of genuinely understanding what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And we've come to this many times on this podcast. And when I'm not just in a debating spirit, because <laughs> I, I love the debate, when I'm genuinely trying to be understood nine times out of 10, if we can have a a uh, a calm enough, reasonable enough discussion, right? <laughs> Where we don't have to degrade to name calling and insults. Normally, with reasonable people, if we can understand each other enough, we can say, "I don't necessarily agree, but I mm-hmm. see where you're coming from."
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not saying I'm, a, you know, because because if I make the case about James Harden and how I feel about him, yes, and the basketball I was raised to value, right? I, most reasonable people would say, "I can see that." Mm-hmm. Now, I don't agree. I think you should appreciate a brother that can hit a step back three pointer from near half court. Like how can you not, you know, that should be like they can, but they can understand the reasonableness Uh of why I feel the way that I do. And I wouldn't call that person a bad judge just because they didn't agree with me.
0: Now, how do you say and reason with that person who
1: put flip the other side of the coin? So they came
0: to understand your point. Mm -hmm. We know why you're a James Harden non
1: fan. How do you understand the James Harden fan? I have to genuinely try. And as I said, it always, it's about taking the step away from the object or the person and getting to understand the things that come before it. Okay. So it's about me. Like, I, I need to understand what you value about the game, period. Right. Okay. Before I, What are you watching for? Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you, what are you being entertained by mm-hmm. first? Because that is actually what matters more than a pronouncement on one player Mm -hmm. is what actually motivates you and what you value. And, and this is a little bit of an aside. I want to make sure everybody understands to ensure that they have good judgment, that they don't fall into the -hmm. trap of being the judgmental person. Yeah. And that it is, we have to condition ourselves and we have to be proactive about ensuring that we are good judges Mm -hmm. by what type of information and stimulus we allow in. Okay. So, so, because so much of that we talked about earlier, because so much about our judgment happens subconsciously Mm -hmm. and it's based upon information we've previously taken in Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: the information we take in. is Ah. so important because it doesn't just matter in the moment you're taking it in. Mm -hmm. It's going to matter in the future when you have much less control over it, because it's going to be a part of your subconscious. Mm -hmm. That's going to cause you to judge Mm-hmm. Or misjudge a person mm-hmm. because of a, a a gossip conversation you indulged in mm-hmm. that put a subconscious idea about a specific person. Yeah. Or if you're in racist conversations mm-hmm. and it puts information in your subconscious about black people. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to be intending to be racist, but you will have. Allow that information in and your brain is going to use it to make judgments before you have an opportunity to go, hey, that's racist. Your mind will already have clutched its purse, locked its doors or (laughs) chosen another candidate before your mind had a chance. So that's why when the Bible talks about guarding our hearts with all diligence, because out of it flow the issues of life, that's one of the layers to that Mm. is we we make judgments about the world around us you might miss a blessing you might miss you know a good thing god is sending into your life mm. because you've previous to that crossroad allowed harmful damaging or inaccurate mm. information in and 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 it, i promise my listeners those things come back to bite us when we least Suspect it because now that information gets used by our spirit, mm-hmm. by our minds and by our hearts before we even have a chance mm. to manage it. How quickly those judgments come yeah, and how much they are motivated by things you can't quite put your finger on. Yeah. That's how you know it's about what you've allowed in. Okay. So,
0: um, I like that because I want to kind of go off on a little bit of a rabbit trail with sure. that. Um, protecting one's heart and their eyes and mm-hmm. like these things like how do you constantly do that in this information era in? Yeah. If I pull my cell phone out right now, the entire world is in my hands. Yes. And I just swipe through and I mean just data upon data. Absolutely. Especially for our younger listeners who are more engaged and were raised on social media.
1: Yes, 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 yes. So, one of the one of the 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 benefits so everything, like some every every, there's two sides to every coin. Mm-hmm. So, right, the, the uh, younger people now will never know what it's like to have a set of encyclopedias <laughs> in your house. <laughs> the Britannica, and, right, the Britannica, whatever it may be, and that be the source of your information, right, in your house, your head dictionaries yep. and a set of encyclopedias. And usually one letter was missing. And if somebody, and I grew up in a big family, so, yeah. and, I, and I remember our set of encyclopedias, it was M, N, O. I think was one <laughs> book. Yeah. So if somebody had the MNO, they're killing your book report. Killing it. Where is the P? You know, somebody <laughs> had it, it was gone. So I'm doing a, you know, <laughs> yes, I'm doing a book report on Paris and somebody has the P and it's gone. But here's, but now you if you want to do a book report on paris like you have all the information in the world accessible to you but one of the benefits we had is that set of encyclopedias was a vetted resource mm-hmm. a trusted resource so one yeah. of the at, one of the advice pieces of advice i have for our listeners and it's one that i take very seriously for myself mm-hmm. is Yes, the information is so easily accessible to us. That means the hard work. So the work, quality always comes from work. It's just about where the work is applied. Mm. The work has to be applied these days and ensuring where you're getting information from is a credible mm-hmm. source. I tell people reading isn't just the, isn't the most important thing. Okay, Reading a book isn't like, doesn't automatically, isn't automatically a virtuous Endeavor. (laughs) It's ensuring that you're reading the right books. Mm -hmm. I was just having a conversation in in a group chat with the fellas, and Mm -hmm. something about a book somebody was reading came up, and I couldn't help but say, you know, laugh (laughs) about some of the books people yeah read, and like they'll even like put them on social media, like read, you know, feed the mind, and I'll think to myself, that's a trash book. (laughs) You'd be better off watching TV than reading a bad book, right? So the work we have to do is ensuring that the information we get Uh is a viable resource, whether Uh it's the newspaper that we read, ensuring that it's good, healthy journalism, Uh the book that we read, books that we read. Are they well-researched? Yeah. Um, Do they cite their sources? And are the sources and the resources that it cites good, incredible resources? Really? That's what's wrong with many of the books in, 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 in Christianity. Yeah. And specifically, I talked to, you know, in, in Pentecostal apostolic yeah. uh, circles, they're poorly researched and poorly uh, supported books. Mm-hmm. So many of the books that are sold by pastors and bishops and prophets in our space, like it, he sat down and made that up. Like there's <laughs> not a single scholar. Or a single other credible resource that he or she cites. Mm. So the work has to be in choosing the right sources of information to ensure that what you're feeding yourself is accurate. So then the judgments that result from that are accurate. If you feed yourself inaccuracies, the judgments that are made from that inaccurate information are going to in turn and inherently be inaccurate.
0: Right. Right. It's like practicing something the wrong, the way. wrong way. Yeah. you can okay. do
1: it wrong when it's time.
0: Because I, I think what I wanted to get to with that is that we're almost as Christians required to judge. Like we should be judging.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so so this this to, to that point, because um, the Bible does say a spiritual man judges all things, but mm-hmm. he in turn is judged of no man. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the, in, the ultimate input is the Holy ghost. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about what you put in and yeah. creates your judgments, yeah. the ultimate input, that's why it says a spiritual man or ultimately a spirit filled man,
2: mm-hmm. a
1: man that has the spirit of God
2: mm-hmm.
1: judges or discerns
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything. So when it, when, when, when you and I are filled with the spirit of God, who the scriptures also says knows the mind of God. Hmm. It then should empower us to see the spiritual truths Mm
2: -hmm.
1: behind and in all things Mm -hmm. or in the things that God has revealed to us. So the the, the Holy Spirit is in essence, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the trump card over books, Mm -hmm. over education, over your past. Because some things that are in us, we can't help it. I said some things are innate. You didn't have to learn it. Right, right. Your flesh is falling. It just is what it is. Yes, sir. Or you can't help the kind of house that you were raised in. Oh, exactly. You could have been raised in a racist or a sexist house and you just heard these things and uh-huh. they're in there. You can't you can't help it. All right. You know, you got a bad education. You didn't go to good schools. You might be illiterate. You can't read the Trump card. To being able to make good judgments and specifically good spiritually sound judgments is being filled with the Holy Spirit and then being sensitive indeed to the promptings
2: yeah.
1: of the Holy Spirit. Because it'll it'll show you things beyond your education yeah. and it will prompt you towards discerning the good, discerning the things of God and all things mm-hmm. beyond what you've been able to educate yourself okay. on. Um, but we have that duty. The question is have you been equipped to judge? Uh-huh. And it's the spiritual man, the spirit filled yes. man is who has been equipped. The spirit led man. It's not the Bible read person. Okay. It's not the church member person. It's not the been to church a bunch of times and heard a lot of preaching, and now they're going to use that to judge the world, judges all things. Those are generally the judgmental people, mm-hmm. spiritual people are the ones that have been said, you 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 can discern and judge everything. And you then also in turn can't be judged by anybody because by no man. Right. Natural reasoning then can't is not lofty enough
2: Mm. to be
1: able to even discern why you're doing what you're doing. Right. right? Right. Again, I don't you don't even have to get into this reasonable discussion I was talking about before, like, hey, yeah. let's take some steps, so you can understand. <laughs> when I'm yeah. on a spiritual plane, right? I don't cast these pearls to swine. Your flesh mm-hmm. is not subject to God, and neither, indeed, can be. It it it, it's, it it can't it can't rise to the level of this reasoning. Okay. See, God is, and I've said it before in this podcast. These spiritual things are not irrational; they're above our human reasoning. Ah, okay. okay. And they're, they're, they're not illogical; they're above the circuits of our logic. So when you're existing and judging in a spiritual plane, Mm -hmm. natural reasoning, because it does not have the inputs Mm -hmm. because you can only put out what's been put Put in. in. Yeah. And our natural mind does not have the inputs. It does not have eternity. It does not have the mind of God. It does not have the heart of God. It does not have the future and destiny that God has designed. It doesn't have that input. Right. Therefore it cannot make a determination about what God's doing. Yeah, that's why you don't get into these debates and arguments with carnal, Mm -hmm. unsaved, you know, flesh led people because they can't discern. Right. You can't. You don't. You don't. Why would I discuss trigonometry with you and you don't even know multiplication and division? Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to (laughs) argue. You don't have the inputs. Right. So I, I can't even get you to understand. Let's say you're judged of no man. I don't have to get you to debate. I don't have to debate. Right. What I'm doing with somebody that does not have the spirit of God. I can discern and I can make my judgments for me. That's for me in my house. (laughs) We (laughs) will serve the Lord. Right. Right. I don't have to project this on you. That's who I'm talking about is me in my house. Now, judgmental person is going to take what's good for me and automatically project it onto you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But that's when when we talk about believers Mm -hmm. being required to judge. I just want to make the delineation. Bible readers, that's not the qualification. Mm -hmm. The theologically trained and astute, that's not the qualification. It's the spiritual person. Spirit-filled, spirit-led person is who's called to judge. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's i mean you nailed a lot of stuff i was kind of circling around and getting to so i really just want to lead you into your spiritual takeaway on that uh if you've got one for us here with this because i could talk about judgment all day but like you really stressed the importance of it and how to judge
1: sure sure and 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 i've i've, I've more than normal and in the past i've been weaving yes um the spiritual aspect in uh the whole time about guarding our hearts and yeah I, w- w- because i, I want to make sure I, I i hit the practical piece too yes um in because you can build your 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 Ability to judge well and 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 your capacity to be a good judge, you can build that yep. based upon putting healthy, bringing mm-hmm. in healthy inputs, right? That counteract things that may have been in.
0: Like you say, you can just create before. almost
1: a system. Exactly. Yeah. And it's ensuring that you get good information. You know, you read good books, you 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 talk to the right people, you have healthy conversations, right? Mm-hmm. You have a good circle of people that have diverse opinions about things Mm -hmm. because again it's a bad judge Mm -hmm. if i don't have inputs from various resources Mm -hmm. my judgment Were you gonna say you know i I, it's question just kind of jumped to me yeah uh i'll I'll say the
0: spirit gave it to no i'm just kidding (laughs) Um, no but uh you're talking about that and i'm just thinking about what person would say that they're a bad judge of character or a bad spiritual thought process like that. Like they, you know, like most people aren't honest enough with themselves to say that like, uh, Adolf Hitler wouldn't have said he was a bad person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I went to the very far extreme before sure. that. But in the sake of saying like having a healthy circle of people around them and feeding good information to themselves, I would, if I were just guessing, say most people would say they
1: have that. No, they wouldn't. Okay. No, they wouldn't. Okay. You have it, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so, so this is one of the aspects of judgment Mm -hmm. that is challenging. And this is what, and, and what you innocently, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: innocently did is one of the things that Jesus warns against when he tells us to judge, not Mm -hmm. lest we be judged. Like in the measure, the judgment we measure out is the same judgment that comes back to us. Inherent in that teaching is one of the things that makes what Jesus is saying, don't judge again, for some people, if you just do a cursory reading of the Bible, mm-hmm. it can sound contradictory, right? Paul is saying in one space, judge all things, you know, we get judge a tree by its fruit, you know, judging right. happens. And then you hear Jesus saying, judge, not
2: mm-hmm.
1: lest you be judged. And hearing in that teaching is that what you measure out gets measured back to you. And hearing in that teaching is, it's the it's the the lens that we use to judge. And remember what I was talking about just a few minutes ago, right? Is our imperfect knowledge of yes. the rest of the world. So normally what we do to fill in where we don't have knowledge, what do we use? Our our, yeah. our own mm-hmm. paradigm. So for someone such as yourself to go Most people would say they have a pretty healthy circle. No, you would say that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like as you're trying, because what you were trying to do is formulate, you know, and I was literally like sitting here. I was watching Justin's wheels turn (laughs) and he was formulating his questions and you were patching in Mm -hmm. these gaps and you fill that gap in with what you would say.
2: Mm.
1: When you went, most people would what you said is, well, it seems to make sense to me either because of the conversations you've had with folks Mm -hmm. and what you would say.
0: Well, I would be guilty of, if you said, I would say I have a healthy circle. I'm very conscious
1: of my circle Mm -hmm. and what I put in and don't allow. Absolutely. And even if you think about it like this, you have this healthy circle, but you've had, you know, everybody that you come in contact with, I know isn't in a hell, isn't healthy, (laughs) but you have a healthy circle. So the vast majority of the people you, come in contact with are healthy. So it becomes very likely that the people you talk to would say, I have a healthy circle. And that's because they would be able to say that because they are in the healthy circle. Therefore, it becomes a (laughs) self-reinforcing concept that even if you you thought long and hard about it, you Mm go, yeah, I got three or four examples that tell me that that's reasonable, but you don't know the starting place Is what inherently made that a flawed experiment that if your starting place Mm -hmm. was a prison Mm
2: -hmm.
1: where your circle originated in your cell block (laughs) and you went three or four layers deep in conversations about, would you say you had a healthy circle or not? Mm -hmm. You might get the very opposite. Okay. So your circle might say something completely opposite
0: back to you. But see, I feel like the world is feeding people that their cell are healthy. Like, you look at a lot of things that are accepted now mm-hmm. and pushed as healthy and natural and all, uh, you know, how just everything's okay. I would say that's very unhealthy. And I think there are a lot of people, uh, we had a conversation about it. Um, um, I'm just going to be me. What did we How was that one about? Uh, talking about how. I just can be whatever I want to be, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's some people who are all unhealthy and happy being unhealthy, which isn't in fact unhealthy, but they all would say, "Yeah, it's healthy" because we're all just
1: nobody judges each other in this circle. Like, am I-, I I I I feel like I was picking up what you're saying is like, so because he so here here's so this is the per this this is the example. Let me try to keep this even more simple. Yep. If I was like digging Mm -hmm. and and not trying to just use this as an example, but genuinely trying to understand, my response to you would be, if you say most people would say they have a healthy circle. Mm -hmm. Again, if I'm trying to understand, be open-minded so I can make a good judgment Mm -hmm. regarding your statement, the proper question would be, how do you know that? How do I know what? That most people would say. They have a healthy circle. Like, what proof do you have? How have you... Oh. How did you come to that conclusion? How did you determine that? Right? Sure. Like, what were the measures? And how many conversations? Or what research did you do? How did you come to Mm -hmm. this conclusion? Before I even decide whether that's a bad one or a good one, I need to be figuring out how you even came to that. Uh, So... And I'm not asking you to do that. Oh, oh, okay. I'm using it as an example of... Here's how, here's the, when I say judgmental people are genuine, generally, they're not curious
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: where people that have good judgment, one of the pillars of good judgment Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is being curious, Mm -hmm. seeking to understand, wanting to know why generally people with good judgment before they pronounce agreement, disagreement, good or bad are going to stop. And ask questions. So before I even disagree with you or agree yeah. with you, Justin, how how do you know that? because yeah. it would be foolish of me to agree or disagree if I don't know how you know. Okay, what you just said. Now I personally mm-hmm. can disagree with the fact that everybody would say they have a yeah. good circle, but it would be foolish of me to go. That's wrong. Without saying, well, how do you know that? Because you might there might be some right. psychology today study you know <laughs> out there that is a great peer researched experiment Mm -hmm. that makes that a very sound Mm -hmm. principle you just stated right right so that curiosity because it does two things Mm -hmm. it helps me genuinely understand what you're trying to say better Mm -hmm. but then it also vets out the validity of the information so i can make a judgment on a on good or bad Mm -hmm. information if you're gonna be a person that has good sound judgment you have to be curious yeah like, you really got to want to know, specifically, you got to want to know more than what's already in your head. Sure. This is why smart people tend to be some of the worst judges, like, have have the worst judgment. Right, right, right. Is because, well, that might be a little bit of an overstatement. But I've seen a lot of smart people. Intellectual. Intellectually smart be poor judges because... People that have been told they're smart Mm -hmm. sometimes are very incurious. So they are smart, but they Mm -hmm. haven't... Like, smart just means you got a big bucket. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean anything is in it. (laughs) Sure. Or that good stuff is in it. Right. Or you may have stopped putting stuff in it 20 years ago when you graduated high school. So now you and your big brain are using all those A's from 1998. (laughs) And it's 2020. And... I'm 40 now I'm not 18 so and because I'm smart I can I, I, you, you trust what just comes out of you mm-hmm. without having done the work of having put good stuff in you mm-hmm. and 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 that's why they tell you in raising kids in some literature they say calling your kids smart is not a good compliment Mhm. Huh. They say, it's not a a good compliment. You're so smart. Even if you might think their kid is smart. And even if it might be true, it's not a good compliment. Because number one, it's not something that they controlled. It's like complimenting me for something I didn't have anything to do with. Like, (laughs) I can't really internalize that and own that compliment really well. That's one thing. But the other thing is it also doesn't promote behaviors that lead to Mm. success. Smart just is. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. So you want to compliment the things that promote behaviors you want them to continue so it's you're a hard worker right right right. you're diligent or you're kind you're compassionate yeah right like that's what i want to compliment about you 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 like to read and you're a good reader right because i want to promote compliment the behaviors i want to promote that lead to the outcomes i want an Mm -hmm. innate characteristic like smart what does that compel them to do what behavior does that tell them to keep doing? And unfortunately, yeah. it actually tells them to stand still mm-hmm. in a lot of instances. But smart is a compliment. We love to pay mm-hmm. specifically to our children. Oh, yeah. You're so smart. Hey, mama, come look at him. Him. So smart because <laughs> we, we love a smart kid. Yeah. Until they turn smart Alec, but that's a whole other. Boy, I don't know how many you got in your house, so uh, brother, but, but. how many kids I got? Yeah, I say, you know. yeah. but so, so I'm, I'm way down a rabbit trail here, but that's yes. that smart a lot of times paralyzes it, says where right. you are because I can't do anything to be more smart, per se, mm-hmm. smart just is. So then that becomes the trait they use. And smart doesn't make a good judge. Right. Educated, informed, compassionate, open-minded, fair-minded yeah. is what makes for good judgment. Mm-hmm. So again, taking this back
2: mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. towards,
1: I, I think as believers, yeah. it would behoove us to do the work of being good judges Yeah. and being spirit-filled. Spirit led is number one. But it's also being good listeners and and intent on learning. Yeah. We have to be very curious. We have to be like that's that that has to be a characteristic of us that I really want to understand. Yeah. You know, like before I tell you whether I think what you did is wrong or disgusting, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're good at that because we know what sin is and what sin isn't. But what we're not good at is knowing who. The person is what brought them to the point that they are. Yeah. And if we are going to be good judges again and, and try to represent God in the earth again, I told you earlier, that's what makes God's judgments. Perfect is his level of knowledge and understanding. Will we ever have as much of his, not until we get to eternity and what he decides to do with us there, but here yeah. to be like him is to go in the direction of him. And yeah. that is in seeking to understand and to know more. Here's a key as well. And I've have this is one I've had to learn. Okay. Is to know the difference when you're making your judgment um, between fact and press and preference.
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. Know the Mm -hmm. difference
1: between what is a fact and what is a preference. Both are important. Sure. But you can't mix the two. You can't treat Mm -hmm. your preference as a matter of fact in a judgment. Okay. I'm not saying remove preference. Mm Mm-hmm is i just got to know what's a matter of fact and what's a matter of preference sure right and and many of us in the heat of the moment in our passions or just because we haven't parsed through our judgments well mm-hmm. we confuse facts with things we just prefer absolutely and if we can make that delineation our judgments will they might not change but they will definitely become more reasonable, and they will definitely become more palatable to the people that are listening.
2: Mm, okay,
1: because that's one of the things that really turns the world off, right? To to us and our message is our ability to deliver, right? God's standards in a way that can be palatable, can be yeah. can be true, can be received, can right. be processed. Right, And if we can cut out, and we were having a conversation before we hit record where Mm -hmm. you, Justin, were making the delineation between what you know spiritually and something that doesn't resonate with you just Mm -hmm. on a personal level. right? right? right. You're like, hey, that really doesn't work for me because it doesn't agree with me spiritually, but just personally, it doesn't agree with me Mm -hmm. either. Here's the key. If you were trying to explain and discuss Mm -hmm. that topic with someone, specifically somebody that,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know was 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 dealing with that yep it would behoove you to delineate between what is a personal thing you don't like (laughs) right or that that doesn't sit well with you or that doesn't agree with you and what is the spiritual principle right and the whys of that spiritual principle sure and it's a guarantee even if you don't get that person to agree with you they can understand your judgment as to why Mm -hmm. You know, so being a good listener, being open-minded and curious, but then also being able to delineate between preference and fact is one of the things that just makes for some of the things that makes for people with good judgment. And I promise you, if you begin to practice those things, if you have been categorized as a judgmental person in the past, it's the easiest way to pull you out of that trap because... The more work you have to do to understand, the less likely you are to be flippant with throwing judgments around mm-hmm. all the time. Sure. Every day without having <laughs> understood. Right. And your judgments will like more likely be uh accurate. Received and accurate. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: I was uh uh awesome comeback to the uh <laughs> furlough we've been on <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: furlough let's call it the great furlough
0: right uh, but i just want to have a little bit of uh more fun with another off topic as we like to call it mm-hmm. uh in the sports realm um uh, but just because again this is your this is going to be one for you uh did you end up catching the spence garcia fight i did I okay did. i did uh you know just for everybody who's not the biggest boxing fan uh you know we had a big time fight between errol spence and danny garcia uh, Spence had been off for over a year from a car accident, and a lot of people were wondering if he could be the same. Danny Garcia, by a lot of boxing experts' mind, will be in the Hall of Fame one day. A little bit older than uh, Spence, but what'd you think of the fight? I thought it was
1: a uh, a great comeback fight mm-hmm. for Errol Spence. Yeah, uh, it, it played out very much the way I thought it would. Okay. I mean... The way I figured it would if both are 100% healthy, I think uh-huh. that's what made it intriguing is yeah. we didn't know what aerospace was going to look like exactly coming out of that horrific accident. Like, I've right. seen the footage of that. Have you seen the footage of it? I haven't. I've It's just heard. insane. It's yeah. insane. It's like there's no way anybody walked away it's from that to li- lift. Yeah. alive, let alone a short time later. <laughs> yeah, boxing professionally yeah. it's crazy it's mm-hmm. madness so that was what was intriguing about it. Is was mm-hmm. to me less about win or lose but more about what Spence looked like because mm-hmm. I think uh, I wanted him to look good because I like him as a boxer but I think yeah. him and Bud Crawford well, as a fight is like that's musty
0: that would TV. be the next note here like so are we getting Spence and did like
1: like you see it had a little dust up right yeah, yeah okay yeah, so yeah. like that I was, don't think we'll get it right away yeah. I think they're gonna let it marinate a little while longer right. because of their, and and part of it is for good reason, mm-hmm. because um, you know anticipation does build demand and they they got to make their money, uh, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be mad if they both. So two reasons: number one, anticipation does yeah breed a certain amount of demand. So if we wait a year or so, we'll all be watering, at the mouth, yep. and I think the numbers would be even bigger. But um, here's I I want one of them to fight Manny Pacquiao. Okay. Now it's not because I think Manny Pacquiao is I think both of them would beat Manny Pacquiao right now. Right. Right. And potentially even badly. Uh, okay. But here's one of the things that I think and 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 Floyd Mayweather was my guy. Uh huh. But I think one of the things he didn't do well, yep. or I would have rathered him have done, is Kings are who make kings. Mm. It takes a king to make a king. Yeah, and the old kings should be king makers. Oscar De La Hoya, mm-hmm. whether you loved him or hated him, he made kings. Mm-hmm. Oscar was the king of pay per view. Yeah, and if you beat Oscar, he was essentially crowning you. Yeah, a king in the sport and making you a draw. And he did that for a lot of boxers. He mm-hmm. did that for Bernard Hopkins. Yep. And he did that for Floyd Mayweather. Floyd too. Yep. Floyd's star changed dramatically after he beat Oscar De La Hoya. Yep. And it, and Oscar was over the hill, and Floyd had been calling for that fight for years. Yeah. But when Oscar finally gave it to him, he was older, and but that changed Floyd's star, and I think the older generation owes it to boxing mm-hmm. to make Kings and Floyd wasn't having that. He's not having that. Now he, he gave a couple guys a shot. Mm-hmm. I think the one he gave a shot was Canelo. Canelo was yeah. really young.
0: Yeah. He and was if young.
1: Canelo would have beat him then like right into the stratosphere. Sure. Um, but I think if one, if Bud Crawford, as much as they are, you know, stars mm-hmm. to those of us that like boxing
0: right they're not household names nobody like outside of real boxing fans know errol spence exactly and bud- or bud crawford. crawford
1: right you fight and beat manny pacquiao yep that raises your star mm-hmm. and in turn elevates or keeps the sport of boxing elevated to the level that it should be so yep. that's why i would prefer
0: mm-hmm. one
1: of them fight manny even before they fight themselves because each other then it would create because that, yeah. that fight now becomes that much bigger and you are a king, potentially making king. If Bud goes and beats up Manny Pacquiao, yep. and now Bud Crawford is the man right. and him and Arrow have a well publicized knockdown, drag out, great fight, guess what? We've created two transcendent stars in the sport. Mm-hmm. And as just a genuine fan of the sport of boxing, yeah. like the health of yeah. Boxing is always in my mind. So I'm like, <laughs> it isn't just the fight I want to see. It's ensuring that boxing stays healthy. Yeah. Right. That it continues to have stars. That yeah. it continues to have good draws. Right. And I think Manny getting in the mix. Yeah. Would help. Sure. He oh, could crown I mean, somebody. I,
0: I would like to see Manny fight either one of those guys because he still is hitting with power. He yeah. is, but he's old, man. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I
1: and, and I'm but, not a fan of seeing old guys get beat up. I didn't watch the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson fight. I that didn't. was an old guy getting beat up, Yeah, too. I didn't watch that.
0: But the thing, like you kind of talked about with Mayweather, you said in the past, different from Spence and Crawford, they're not as big of defensive fighters. They like to go in there and trade Oh, yeah, both so. of them going to trade So little. that's why that I, I think that would be a dynamic fight. Absolutely. Just quick on the record, if they do fight, who you taking? Oh. Not who you rooting for, who you taking?
1: If Spence is indeed still healthy. That's so hard. At the moment, and if you ask me tomorrow, I might have a different answer. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm going with Bud. Okay, because okay. I think he's just a tad more explosive. That's what I,
0: That that's where I kind of stand. I think he's got a little
1: bit more stopping part. He's this. he's a tad more explosive, but Errol is just he has no holes in his game. It's so tough. So you ask me what tomorrow. A good chin. Yeah, you ask me tomorrow, I might say. Um, but I, I'm gonna be honest until Bud's last fight. Um, uh, uh I was picking okay. I would have picked Arrow Spence. Okay. Okay. But Bud's last fight, um, he fought gosh, wow, his name just dropped out of my head just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um his last fight, he was fighting somebody that um you know, he's a tough out for everybody. He's given everybody's fits that he uh I'm trying to think, did I see his last fight? I don't know. Last
0: he, time I remember watching he he. Knocked the guy out with an uppercut. The guy I've been asking for for like seven or eight rounds. It,
1: like... No, this was it was pretty early in the fight. He fought Kell okay. Brook. It was in the fourth okay, round. Okay, I and missed he, that he, one. he knocked him out. It wasn't even. It was a close a punch in close quarters. And yeah. Kell Brook is a fighter from England who is tough as nails. Who's given everybody. He, he's fought as big as Triple G. Okay. And gave Triple G a run for his money until mm-hmm. Triple G finally took care of business. But yeah, he's never been a tough out for anybody. And Bud put him to sleep down like I've never seen anybody do with one punch. Yeah. Um and it could be because Kel is shot. He's a little, you know, he's been in some wars. Yeah. But um that Kel Brook fight is what kind of edged me. Okay. Yeah, I I did miss that one. I did not
0: see that one. Yeah, it was a good one.
1: It was a good one. That it was, was just a pandemic. few weeks ago. Yeah, pandemic. It just mm-hmm. happened, and it was right on ESPN. I don't know how you missed it. I was in training. Oh. I've been in. I've been
0: underwater. <laughs> <laughs> You've been off the grid, right? So, uh, did you watch a little? Uh, did you watch Nate go? Nate, Nate.
1: I did not because I was not. <laughs> Listen. And it's, it's funny. No, you so I saw about the video. Of oh, your man, that's so awful. So, of course, you know, I couldn't help but see the video of it. But we talked about Tyson getting in the ring. Yes, we did. On this very podcast. Yes, and I did. said, I do not yep. want to see that. I care about his safety. Now, it, you know, he got in with another old guy. Yeah. Enrolled, and he had a lot of rules in place to protect them But yeah. I still, I just yeah. like old guys punching each other. I said, unless they wore headgear, mm-hmm. you know, sp- that they were in sparring, yeah. I probably was going to pass on that. Cause mm-hmm. it, and I understand, of course, if they would have had headgear on, most people wouldn't have watched right. because it would have been obvious it was a sparring session, <laughs> right? Even though essentially that's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, but like, I just can't debase myself in the name of entertainment yeah. to watch 250 something year old guys try to punch each other in the head. I'm like, that's just not. So I didn't watch any of that <laughs> whole night. I didn't, but I saw Nate go, Nate, Nate, Lord have mercy. I mean, the internet had
0: its day. They let that man have it. Oh, man. It was it was sad because us is, you know, that's always the thing is, if you're not a boxing fan, you don't understand, like, the difference in being an athlete mm-hmm. and being a fighter. Being a fighter,
1: two different things, man. Nate found out. And he found out because you're not going to get a better athlete than Nate Robinson. Nope, not, not at, at all. all. And he had a plan, but like in the words of the Mike Tyson, Everybody's everybody has got a plan Today, get punched in the face. <laughs> next thing you know, my man looked like he just was asking Listen, to get knocked out. Listen, if anybody down.
0: listening to this has not seen it yet, I highly encourage you. I watch. think it's
1: impossible. Ah,
0: for our audience, I would say it's very unlikely. But just in case you mm-hmm. fell off the face of the planet or you're like, you know, one of the lady listeners who hasn't had one of their guy friends or spouses show, take a listen or find Nate Robinson going to sleep. It's great. It's I, that's <laughs> Justin
1: making that recommendation. <laughs> Pastor is. Dorian is not. Yeah. Pastor making... <laughs>
0: Dorian can't say that. You're right. Pastor, Pastor Dorian, Dorian is can't. not making that but recommendation. Yo, my. <laughs> All right, folks. We held y'all up long enough. We appreciate you sticking with us end of this one. Welcome back. We'll see you guys next time. Tune in. Don't watch